Remember when we all used to be in the same room every Tuesday? Man, that's wild. Anyway, I want to say thanks again to Nathan Hoag for teaching tonight. Uh, just a point of housekeeping. The audio you're about to hear is from one of Inglewood's services, which are all on video. So there's at least one time where Nathan mentions something about words being up on the screen. Um, I'm actively working on getting at least our homilies um, up on video starting very shortly. But in the meantime, you'll have to continue using your imagination, which I'm sure you've gotten really good at by this point. Anyway, without further ado, let's hear from Nathan. Uh, tonight we're going to be uh, just in a really short passage, and I've got a couple of short reflections on this passage for our time together this evening. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, and it starts in verse 19. The words will be on the screen. You can follow along with me. It goes like this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, I think that in this teaching from Jesus, there are at least two layers or levels of the teaching. There could be more, but I'm going to highlight two tonight. The first one comes to us in the first verse, and it's, it's pretty uh, surface level, face value, simple to understand. And frankly, I think it's something that you, most, if not all of you already know. At least in our minds, we already know it. Whether or not it's made its, our way, made its way down into our hearts is another thing entirely. But I think we know this, at least on a, on a, a cognitive level. There's a second layer that requires a little bit more imagination, a little bit more abstract philosophical thinking. We'll get to that in just a minute. But I think we can do both tonight. Um, the first thing that I think Jesus is talking about here is very simply materialism. It's a warning against materialism, about placing value in things that those things never uh, meant to have. Those things were never meant to hold. Um, might help us to get a little bit of an idea of what materialism looks like in our country around the world. So here are some statistics that I found very interesting and have helped me shape my understanding of this. There are 300,000 items in the average American home. Despite the average American home nearly tripling in the last 50 years, one out of every 10 Americans rents off-site storage, which is the fastest growing segment of commercial real estate um, over the past four decades. British research has found that the average 10-year-old owns 238 toys but plays with just 12 daily. The average American woman owns 30 outfits, one for each day of the month. In 1930, that average or that figure was nine. Americans spend more on shoes, jewelry, and watches, about $100 billion, than on higher education. Over the course of our lifetime, we will spend a total of 3,680 hours or 153 days searching for misplaced items. Phones, keys, wallets, sunglasses, these are the kinds of things we're looking for. Americans spend $1.2 trillion annually on non-essential goods. The bottom line in all of this, and in any of the information you would find on a quick internet search, is that we love stuff. Frankly, we love to collect stuff. And part of the reason for that is because we like the way stuff makes us feel, at least right away. Now, that feeling of satisfaction, or the feeling of being fulfilled by that one particular thing, quickly fades and quickly depreciates. It decays, kind of like Jesus says in his teaching, it, it sort of decays like, like a moth or rust would decay something or uh, uh, disassemble it, if you will. But 
We continue to pursue that knowing full well in our mind that things have a particular value and that we tend to put a higher value on those things than they actually have and hold themselves. For some reason, this cognitive understanding, this belief that we have about what we consume, this knowledge that we have about what Jesus is getting at here has not really found its way into our heart. And that's why we continue to go back to material things to satisfy and to fulfill. That's why I think Jesus makes mention of the heart later on in the teaching. But in addition to talking about and thinking about what we consume, I think this is also an opportunity to consider how we consume. This isn't exactly in the teaching, so this is a bit of a soapbox aside, but bear with me for just a moment. Consider how you consume things and consider how it has changed over the course of the past several years. In the past several years, our country specifically has engaged in more e-commerce than we ever have before. We've continued to buy products and continued to consume products that we know harm the environment, that we know harm other people, and that we know oftentimes harm even us. And yet we can continue to go after them and we continue to, uh, to uh, consume those things and continue to buy those things. How we consume really matters. And I would say even more so in this pandemic as we've considered um, that e-commerce has, has increased by over 25% just in the past month. We don't shop in brick and mortar stores at the moment because frankly we can't. And so we're buying more and more things online. I'm not so concerned about how we're buying things right now as I am about how we're gonna buy things in a month or in two months as retail stores begin to open again. I think about our little town, Inglewood here, and how dependent we are and how dependent this city is on some of our shops right up and down Broadway or up and down Hamden. And I'm worried about those shops, many of which are owned by our neighbors. I would love for you to consider how you consume, not just what you consume. Do the things that you consume and the way that you consume, do they cause harm to other people or to the environment? Uh, are, are you so uh, fixated on or comfortable with online shopping that you don't darken the door of a store any longer? Uh, maybe, maybe when the pandemic and restrictions are lifted and we have the opportunity to go back, maybe you and I commit to going and shopping only at actual stores. Maybe we remove ourselves from a bit of the online rigmarole and the online circus and move more and more towards the physical, tangible, built environment around us. I'm going to step off my soapbox there for a minute and come back to the teaching here. I think it's important for us to consider how, absolutely, but also what Jesus is getting at here is what. What do we consume? Investing in material things will not satisfy in the way that we expect them to. We have a really high expectation for how material things will satisfy us. And frankly, and again, we know this in our mind, they simply don't satisfy in that way. Their, their value depreciates over time. Sometimes their, their value depreciates because those things are taken away from us, whether they're lost by us or they're literally taken away from us by some some form of thievery. This is something that we had to get used to when we moved here to Inglewood. We found that we couldn't just leave things in our backyard or on our front or back porch anymore because people would come into our property and take those things. Uh, that became really convenient when one day I decided that we had, frankly, just way too many strollers for a single family. And I simply left a stroller on the front yard and in the morning that stroller was gone. It was a really convenient way to make a donation and it works out really well around here. But a lot of our things that we actually wanted to keep have been stolen as well. Things depreciate, things decay, things are stolen. And frankly, those things were never designed to fill a void or a hole in our lives. And we know that. And yet, like an addict going back to a chemical or a website or a food or a relationship, we keep going back to those things. 
I'm going to talk a little bit more about our posture towards things in just a little bit. But before I do that, I want to get back to the second layer. The second layer comes in the following verse, the next verse in the, in the uh, teaching from Jesus. Let's dig a little bit deeper into that. He, he creates a paradigm for us between heaven and earth. And I think this is really helpful for us only if we're allowing our imaginations to stretch a little bit beyond what we normally think. Frankly, when the average person thinks about heaven and earth, we think about place, don't we? We think about a space or a place. Heaven is one space or place. Earth is another space or place. And so when we think about storing up for ourselves treasures on earth, that's like some version of the materialism we were just talking about. And then when we think about storing up things for ourselves in heaven, it ends up just being a different version of materialism. The same thing that we've just talked about and we just heard about from Jesus. We think about storing up treasures in just a different place. They're the same treasures, they're the same stuff. And I frankly don't think that's what Jesus is talking about here. Rather, I'd love for you to consider this. What if earth is a representation of a particular reality? A broken reality, frankly, a reality that isn't satisfying and isn't fulfilling and not what we were designed for. And then think about heaven for a minute as a, another reality, an ideal reality, a perfect reality, a reality that you and I are moving toward. So we're in this particular reality, this particular state, moving toward a heavenly state, not moving towards from this place to another place, but rather moving from this reality to another reality. I think it's helpful for us to understand this in uh, this paradigm in terms of like time or a journey rather than a place, one category or one container to another. Not so much a journey from one place to another, but a metamorphosis from one state to another. That's earth to heaven. So if we're moving from our earthly state to our heavenly state, then Jesus is teaching us where and how we can invest. If you think about who you are now is being a less than ideal version of yourself or, or, an idea, or a version of yourself that is affected by the brokenness around you and the brokenness within you. And then the state you're moving towards is that ideal, fulfilled, complete state. What Jesus is saying here is which one are you investing in? He's simply asking us a question, which one are you making an investment in? Is it who you are or maybe who you were in the past? Or is it this state that you're moving toward, this reality that you're moving toward? If you do a simple internet search about materialism or minimalism or um, organization of any kind, you're going to come across this woman named Marie Kondo. Okay, many of you have heard of her, maybe from her book or her TV show. But she says this one thing that I think completely affirms this teaching from Jesus when we think about heaven and earth as different realities. She says, the space in which we live should be for the person we are becoming, not for the person we were in the past. And I think this leaves us with a really simple question. Again, this second layer of the teaching is a little philosophical and a little heady, but I think we can get there if we try. Think about this. Is what you own an investment in what you are becoming or an investment in what or where, or sorry, in who you are or what you want? Is it an invest in investment in the future version of yourself, the reality that God is shaping you into, the heavenly state that he is moving you toward? Or is what you own simply an affirmation or a confirmation of this state, this reality here on earth that you're comfortable with, that you're okay with, or maybe a reality from your past? All of the things that we have, all of the things that we do, the, the things that you cook, the things that you do for your job, the relationships you have, the things you do with your time, the things you do with your mind, all of these things are an investment one way or another. 
It seems a little dichotomous, but for the sake of argument, it's worth considering which one are you investing in? The reality that you experience now, this broken and less than fulfilling reality, or this future reality? There's not, it's not easy to find a, a simple application for this. It's a bit abstract, and frankly, it forms for us a lens, a lens for what we're investing in. Are you investing in who you are or who you were, or are you investing in the future version of yourself, the thing that God is crafting you towards, the thing that God intended for you originally and is moving you toward in your heavenly state? I think it starts with, with two different things. I want to just encourage you with two uh, possible applications for this. The first is a, a material inventory, okay? Now, with us staying at home more than we ever have before, uh, this might be a really good opportunity for this. But as I said before, the average American home contains 300,000 items. So this might actually be extremely overwhelming. So be um, realistic in the way that you approach an inventory of your material things. Start with a room or start with a category or start with a drawer, whatever. Start to get an idea of what it is you have. And as you do that, if there's a way, try to assign a realistic value to that thing. It doesn't have to be a monetary value. It doesn't have to be a scale that anybody else can use. But for you, if you could start to develop a posture, a realistic posture of what those things are valued at, you'll begin to develop a relationship with those things that's actually healthy. Again, I don't think that God's calling us to, through Jesus' teaching, a materialism, but I also don't think he's teaching us necessarily to a staunch minimalism. Material things aren't necessarily bad in and of themselves. They become bad when we expect more of them than they can actually offer or provide. Do an inventory of what you have and start to develop a proper and healthy understanding of the value of that thing. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is is to consider a spiritual inventory. Consider for yourself... Again, more abstractly and more broadly, in what am I investing? To what end am I investing? If everything that I have and everything that I do and everything that I think and believe and pursue, if each of those things is in some way an investment into who I was or who I'm becoming, which of those things am I investing in? Am I trying to just kind of hunker down and put down roots in a life and in reality that, that frankly is, is, is broken in and of itself and was never meant to be completely fulfilling? Or am I willing to look toward the thing that God is creating me toward, that God is developing me into and invest in that thing? Again, that's sort of a question to be answered throughout our lives. I don't think there is like a really simple, easy application for it, but it certainly changes the way we think about things, doesn't it? Does my car, my house, my clothes, do those things represent an investment into who I'm becoming or represent an investment into who I was? These are questions to ask. I think as you and I begin to develop a healthy relationship with material things, um, our hearts will be made more right. I think this is what Jesus is getting at. When we can value things as they are and when we can invest those things in the right direction, you and I will begin to develop um, a health that Jesus is working and moving us towards throughout this teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for all the things that you've given us. You've given us a lot to be thankful for. Some people have more than others, but all of us have something, and those things have come from you. I pray, God, that we would move away from this belief that the things that we have are from a result of our own work and toil, and that we would move away from believing that those things can fulfill us in any way other than what they, the very task that they, were, that they were meant for. And I pray, God, that you would teach us and show us day by day, week by week, month by month, what it looks like to invest in the people that you are calling us to, the people that you are develop, 
developing us into and making us into our heavenly state, that journey that we are on towards that heavenly reality. We thank you, God, for all you've given us. We pray that we would continue to use it for the sake of your kingdom, for your glory, and for your people. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.